Great news. Side Retired is now partnered with SeatGeek. For all ticketing needs, go to SeatGeek.com and use promo code SideRetiredPod in all capitals for $20 off your first order. We've got you covered from all things ranging from sporting events to concerts, including the New York Mets, New York Yankees, and Harry Styles. Yes, this means we're officially taking you out to the ballgame. And now for today's episode of Side Retired Podcast. Well, James, here we are. It is officially day 162 of the MLB season. Each team will be starting at 4 p.m. Eastern time. We will have a slate of 15 games with not that much to be decided in the baseball world. A lot of the sort of big storylines occurred last night, whether that's Aaron Judge finally hitting his 60-second home run. The Braves officially locked up the National League East with their victory over the Miami Marlins, as well as all 12 playoff teams have been decided. But of course, we're going to cover all of those things as well as the one still to be determined. And maybe it's not by the time you guys are listening to this on Wednesday morning. But James, before we get into everything, how are you doing? Doing well, you know, just just what a little piece of history tonight. So happy about that. So obviously we will start there with the fact that Aaron Judge hit the 62nd home run of the season. This is now the American League. And I repeat, it's the American League home run record most in a single season previously set by another former Yankee, Roger Maris. I know this isn't the Barry Bonds record, but this has been something on everyone's mind, at least since probably the all-star break that he could set the record. And Aaron Judge officially now has set the record. So your thoughts on Judge's season as a whole and whether this now means he should officially be the MVP. Yeah, I think Judge has had a really impressive season. You know, everyone's doubting him being able to get to 62 you know, how long it took him to hit 61. It looked like he wasn't maybe going to be able to reach 62 uh, with these last couple of series. Uh, you know, he does does it on game 161. Uh, a majestic shot. Uh, actually, you know what? Um, you know, an, a drive into deep left field, uh, as one famous announcer would say. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was a great swing. Uh, you know, it was a cookie. It was a meatball. Some people on the internet are saying maybe, you know, someone was told to throw him a little belt high, belt high cookie. Um, but yeah, I think he's he's had a great season. I just, I don't know, man. I just don't see how. I I don't know how the writers vote. I don't know how the writers take everything into account. But with the way Otani won so decisively last year, with mid tier pitching stats and above average and like you know really good hitting stats. He's put up very similar hitting numbers this year, uh, but now he's really seems to have found himself with the pitching 160 innings, 222 strikeouts, 235 ERA. He's got one more start tomorrow. I, I don't know. I just I don't see how the writers don't go in Otani's direction again this season after after how decisively they voted on him last season. And it's going to be tough. And obviously this last start by Otani today is def or tomorrow. Yeah. Today when you're listening, this is definitely going to matter sort of with his pitching numbers, as you mentioned, it's a 2.35 ERA. And I know a lot of the guys that also co-host this podcast, including Jack are like, Oh, ERA doesn't matter. It still goes to show Otani is doing things that we've never seen before. And don't give me Babe Ruth because yes, Ruth was a better hitter, but he wasn't as good a pitcher as Otani is doing this season. So 
I think you have to take into consideration what Otani's doing is special. And yes, you can then say, if Judge hitting 62 home runs isn't MVP worthy, then will there ever be another MVP other than Shohei Otani? But Otani's year in 2022 is special on both offense as well as pitching. Who knows? In 2023, his ERA could be 3.7, and then he's not going to win the MVP because it's not as special. But this year, since he's doing well offensively and pitching-wise, I have to agree with James. I think Otani still has it, but it definitely will be close. I doubt. I think I'd be shocked if it's as much of a runaway as it was last season. Speaking of runaways, (laughs) look at that segment. In June, the Mets had a 10.5 game lead over the Atlanta Braves. And while most people are saying choking, Frank the Tank is having a heart attack, Sal Akata is getting roasted on Twitter, we do need to say congrats to the Atlanta Braves. Because while the Mets did semi and statistically choke away a 10.5 game lead, the Mets since that point have been on pace for 95 win season, which is an outstanding year. The problem is the Atlanta Braves have been on a 107 win pace, which do the math. Ten and a half game difference. You now have the Braves up in the division by a game. Those are where those 12 games are made up. So your thoughts on the National League East race, what lies ahead for the Mets and the Braves as they now gear up for different Octobers? Yeah, I mean, you know, the Braves will get a couple of days off. They'll get to reset their pitching rotation. Um, you know, is Ozzy Alves going to be back uh, this postseason? I, I really don't know too much after he suffered that injury just after coming back. Maybe those extra days off will have them ready for the division series. I don't know. Um, that's that's a major piece of their team if they are able to get him back. Um, but yeah, you know the Mets will have a quick turnaround. They'll be playing Friday night uh, in Queens uh, versus what looks to be the San Diego Padres, uh, unless something uh, miraculous happens uh, tonight. Uh, the Phillies are currently being no hit by the Houston Astros. Um, but yeah, I think it's a favorable matchup for the Mets. I think the pot the Padres don't swing it very well. They've been a- trending downward ever since the trade deadline, ever since the acquisition of Juan Soto and Josh Hader. So yeah, I think I think at least the wild card round sets up for the Mets. You know, you don't really want to look forward to facing the Dodgers. You know, in LA in a five game series, that just doesn't really seem to bode well for a lot of teams. Um. But yeah, I think I think it's a very winnable first round matchup for the Mets. And they shouldn't let this, you know, unfortunate loss of the division derail their entire postseason. I think they now have to use these three games against the Nationals, and they obviously have today. They're up eight nothing, and they've had homers from Nimmo, McNeil, Lindor, as well as congrats to Francisco Alvarez on his first big league home run. But you use these games to fatten up get the confidence back, and get going because you're going to face a tough matchup in you, Darvish, on Friday. Blake Snell has pitched really well so far in the second half. And then don't sleep on Joe Musgrove, who everyone knows had the no-hitter last year, but has pitched really well this year as well. So the San Diego Padres, yes, they've struggled since the deadline, but we all know how Juan Soto does against the Mets. We all know Manny Machado is a really great player, and we know that Jake Cronenworth is a solid major leaguer as well as well as Josh Bell. So the Padres are a really formidable team. We're going to do a whole playoff preview, I believe, probably Friday morning, Thursday night, whenever the full official playoff bracket comes out. So definitely make sure to look out for that episode as well. We have a fun interview lining up Wednesday night. It'll be released for you guys Thursday morning with a member of the BBWAA. He's going to be breaking down all of the new rules that are coming out 
next year in the 2023 season. Now that the 2022 season is over, he did a nice little study on those, talking about the shift, talking about the bigger bases, the pitch clock, and all of those rules, and how they will affect next season now that they'll officially be over come Wednesday night. So that will definitely be an informative episode. The only thing that's left to predict now that the East is over, the judge race is over, the fa- the final two wildcard spots between the Phillies and the Padres. Right now, where things are standing, it is currently October 4th, Tuesday, 11 p.m. Philly is being no-hit, as James mentioned. The Padres have 88 wins, and they're still playing tonight. The Phillies have 87 wins. It would seem like the Padres have the fifth spot locked up. But the Phillies actually have the tiebreaker. So as long as the Phillies win tomorrow and the Padres lose both tonight and Wednesday the Phillies would actually be the fifth seed. So, James, are you expecting chaos? And can the Phillies actually win their game Wednesday and then the Padres lose their game both Tuesday night and Wednesday night to let the Phillies be the five seed? Or are the Padres just going to take care of business and they'll be headed on their way to Queens? Um, it does not look like the Phillies are going to be winning tonight. They're you know, no hit through eight innings now, combined no hitter by the Houston Astros. Uh, Padres are currently up one nothing. Bottom five. I mean, you can't rule anything out, but I don't think this Giants team has a lot of juice. In my opinion, they've one hit so far tonight uh, through five innings. Not not a very impressive showing uh, off Shamanaya, who's also been absolutely atrocious since the trade <laughs> deadline. Sorry, I forgot to add him to the mix. Um, you know, if they do somehow find a way to drop this game, the Padres do not have a starter lined up yet for tomorrow, which is interesting. Uh, could add a little twist to things. Uh, and the Phillies will be facing Framber Valdez, who, I mean, is sixteen and six and has had like thirty-one consecutive, um, what's it called? Uh, quality uh, starts. Quality starts. Yes. So it's not looking too favorable for the Phillies right now. And honestly, I think I'd rather go play uh, in St. Louis rather than going to play in Queens if I'm the Phillies. So I'm happy with how things are lining up. And if you're a Philly fan, you're pretty excited just to be in the playoffs. That was the second longest drought in baseball behind the Seattle Mariners. Everyone remembers the last time they were in it was over a decade ago when Ryan Howard ended up pulling his Achilles on that last play of the season. And that was sort of the end of that Phillies, Rollins, Utley, Howard dynasty group of players. But as we just mentioned, if you want to go to the ballpark for a playoff game or anything like that, use the side retired promo code on SeatGeek.com. Side Retired Pod in all capitals. I know playoff games are definitely expensive, but this is just our little way of helping you afford those playoff tickets. All right, James, we will be back throughout the rest of the week, as well as a lot of fun episodes, probably some instant reactions to some Yankee games, some Met games, as well as we're going to try to incorporate as many teams as possible, get a little correspondent for each team. So if the Dodgers have a game, we'll bring on Curran to talk about the Dodgers fest. If we have an interesting, I don't know, Guardians game, we might bring a Guardians person on or a Cardinals game. But we're going to try some fun things out in October as well as, and this is coming out Wednesday morning. So Thursday morning, Side Retired is now going to be available on a new platform. We're going to leave it at that. But check out our Twitter, our Instagram, and our YouTube for announcements on that Thursday morning for the playoffs. All right, James, unless there's anything else you want to throw in, nodding heads, congrats to Aaron Judge the Atlanta Braves, and a great MLB season. We have reached the conclusion. Today is day 162. So until the next time, the side is retired.